This is Gary W. Johnson, AKA The Vintage Gentleman, coming to you with something that might inspire you, empower you, and motivate you to be a better version of yourself. There's a lot of things that's going on in life, uh, a lot of things that's going on in this world, and people are facing different challenges, uh, and uh, a lot of people are having issues with overcoming some of the challenges, and some are doing well. Uh, right now, I'm getting ready to talk to a young man, which happens to be my nephew, and uh, he's made a major move, and uh, we're going to interview him and talk to him about uh, some of the challenges he faced, uh, not just uh, with the moves that he just made as far as his career, but uh, how he got started. I mean, he was uh, a track star, and he left being a track star and, and succeeding in being a track star. Uh, into becoming a coach. So right now, I'm going to introduce you to him, uh, Renard Atkins. Hey, what's going on, huh? How you Man, doing? everything is great. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I'm excited to see another day, but uh, I'm excited to see a new phase of your life and this day coming forward for you because I know you had some tough decisions to make as far as uh, choosing uh, to leave your area where you were with the co with the coaching and you know, moving into a new coaching career with uh, uh, HBCU. And I'm, I'm glad of that. And uh, the students uh, are going to benefit from you being there. And uh, so everything is great, man. I'm excited for you. So uh, you want to kind of tell them about uh, some of your history as far as like uh, with your track and some of your achievements and then how you got off into coaching? Yeah, that's fine. So, um, you know, I ran track in high school in, in Texas. Um, you know, I was all state, 400 meter runner, um, high jumper. Um, you know, in high school, I ended up going to uh, three different high schools because, um, you know, I wasn't raised by my parents. Um, and then when my uh, father got into my life, um, you know, I moved in with him for a little bit and you know, that didn't work out and ended up coming back home. And then I moved in with my uncle um, and um, that didn't work out. Well, yeah, I won't say that didn't work out. After a year, I, I, you know, I decided to go back home. And then my senior year, I ended up moving with my mom and I finished it out. So I went to uh, Greenville High School, Jefferson High School and A. Maceo Smith High School. So I, so just started from high school, I, I had experience um, um, you know, having new beginnings and being in a new environment. And so um, because of that, I was able to to leave home after high school. Um, I ended up choosing to go to school in New York City. Um, you know, I wanted to be a filmmaker and it was going to be between L.A. and New York. So I um, decided to go to New York. Um, you know, I was on a full track track and field scholarship. You know, everything paid for. The only thing I had to do was run track and go to class. And so um, did that for four years. Um, you know, I was team captain for three years. Um, so from the beginning, you know, I've, I've always had leadership qualities and, and coaches saw that in me. Um, so once I graduated um, college, you know, and, and I tell and I tell my athletes this now, a lot of a lot of people think once they got that degree, it, everything's good now you can just go out and get a job and I learned the hard way <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so I have my degree and I'm going to these job interviews and they want to know what experience you have because everybody that comes in that door has a degree 
And so, um, you know, I did some some odd jobs. Um, I was a door-to-door salesman. And um, at the time, um, my adopted uh, mother, she, she, she was already widowed and she um, ended up having um, health complications. And um, it was just a lot going on at that time. You know, I was broke, you know, um, just finished college. I didn't have that sort of like that happy ending where you see in movies where the person goes off to college and everything is good and the movie goes off. I had a chance to see what happens (laughs) after college. Yeah, so I get back and uh, things aren't going good. And, um, you know, I was at a crossroads. I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? And um, I talked to one of, you know, my coach from college and he was my mentor and he said, hey, you might want to get into uh, coaching. You know, you could, you could be a grad assistant track coach. And at the time, I'm like, what's what's a grad assistant? And he said, basically, you coach a track team or you help out with the, with the coaching. And at the same time, you're a grad student. So everything's paid for. And he gave me um, some links to go to online to look for coaching jobs across the country and um, apply for a few. And I heard back from the school in Missouri. Um Bolivar, Missouri, had never heard of that place before, had never heard of the school, uh, small division two school, ended up, um, you know, at the time it was the middle of the summer. So the head coach, he was out of town and he just told me like, um, I w- we're not going to have a chance to, to fly you in, but I can tell you it's a small town. And he knew I was coming from New York at the time. And at that time <laughs> yeah. So at that time I was, I was ready to take anything. So I said, coach, I, I want the job. And, um, you know, my uncle ended up giving me some money to to get on a Greyhound bus and he dropped me off at the Greyhound station and I was on to that adventure. And, you know, I got there and small town in Missouri, Bible Belt, not a lot of diversity, but um, spent five years there as a, as a coach. And um, the first two, obviously, I was a grad assistant, so I worked on my master's degree and um, fell in love with coaching. And when I was done, you know, I, I wanted to stay on the staff and the head coach ended up hiring me full time. And I um, did three more years. So then after that, I moved moved on. Um, I took a job out in Los Angeles, Cal State Los Angeles. Um, excellent school. The school in Missouri was sort of a startup program. Uh, so, you know, we had to get the program off the ground. When I went to Cal State LA, that was already an established program. They had like all Americans that I were that I was coaching. Some of the best high school runners in the country coming to that school. So it was a chance for me to 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 really challenge myself as a coach. You know, not just developing an athlete, but taking a, an athlete that's already talented and making them better. And I was able to produce um, two national champions: um, a long jumper and then a guy in a triple jump. And um, then, you know, I thought everything was good. I'm like, oh, this is a perfect place for me. I'm out in L.A. I'm coaching. I'm loving it. And then out of the out of nowhere, the head coach there takes a head uh, a coaching job at UCLA. And at the time, he we both coached the same thing. So obviously he didn't need um, a sprint coach. at UC. Um, I was back to where I started. Like not having a job and ended up going, <laughs> yeah, ended up going back to uh, to Texas and uh, didn't know what I was gonna do next. 
And then, um, you know, I ended up moving in with my mom and she lived out in Commerce, Texas. And so um, one day I was online looking at some coaching jobs and I saw A&M Commerce. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went up to the school. I talked to the coach and um, they, she she fell in love. She was she she said, you're exactly what we're looking for. Oh. And um, and and but it was another grad assistant job. So I ended up being back in school again and pursuing another master's degree. And so I did that for two years. Um, same thing, had a lot of success at A&M Commerce. Um, you know, once I graduated, I, uh, I decided to, to take a break from coaching because at this point I, I was in my um, early 30s. I had been coaching all through my 20s and you know, I loved it and I made money, but um, the type of lifestyle I saw myself living and the things I wanted to do, I didn't I didn't think I could do that coaching. And I always wanted to be a business owner. So um, I ended up um, opening up a restaurant, <laughs> went back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I took a year off from coaching, opened up a restaurant and um, did that for a year. You know, it was it was pretty successful. But then um, that was my first time away from coaching and I missed it. And with the restaurant, you know, I was working, you know, I was there before the sun came up and I was leaving when the sun was down and I was doing that every day. So I'm like, what's the point of making money if you if you're not doing something you love and you're not you don't have time to enjoy the money. So then I decided to take another leap. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, started, you know, going online and applying for coaching jobs. And then I came across this uh, job in Connecticut, Sacred Heart University. And I was familiar with the university because they were in the same conference that we were in when I ran track in college. And so I, when I applied for the job, the head coach there, he remembered me, remembered me when I was in college and uh, ended up hiring me. Wow. I, I, yeah. So I spent the last five years of my life. Um, coaching at Sacred Heart University, and so um, so then this next chapter that you you spoke of um, about the HBCU came up where I finally had my first head coaching opportunity and um, school called Talladega College and uh, right outside of Birmingham, um, Alabama. Um, that's where I'm uh, where I'm headed. Um, and, you know, it's a great opportunity, HBCU. Um, I'm actually going to get a chance to get the program off the ground. And um, there's a lot of um, a lot going on in Talladega. The new president there, he uh, he's putting a lot of money into the athletic program. Um, there's talks of bringing football back to Talladega. Um, you know, they're going to build a new track. So it's an exciting uh, opportunity. Well, that's great, man. Uh, uh, you've uh, overcome a, a lot of obstacles and, and hurdles, you know, and you've done some broad jumping and some long jumping to get to the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, uh, for you to be that resilient and everything, man, that's uh, that's great. And, uh, you know, to uh, uh, leave coaching and to uh, follow your dream as far as a restaurant business you know, I'm sure a lot of people, they look and it's like, uh, I want to work for myself and I don't want to work for anybody else. And I'm going to work for myself. And, you know, from the outside, looking at other people having success and it's like, this is what I want to do. 
but you don't realize uh, all the nuts and bolts that's off into the workings of it to get to where you need to be. Uh, I've never, you know, done it myself, but, you know, I, I've got friends and, you know, I know people that have done it and uh, it can be very challenging. And, you know, like you said, you were there, you know, uh, every day and, you know, from sun up to sundown. And, you know, some people, they're so busy, man, making a living that they don't have time to make a life. And uh, mm-hmm. like you say, you're making money, but you don't have time to really enjoy your money. And then at some point you realize, hey, wait a minute. I really had a passion for coaching. Yeah. It's like, man, I miss it. And I thought that was like a, a turning point to get you in the right direction. But at least if you were just coaching all the time and thinking about the restaurant business, you don't have to second guess yourself like maybe I shouldn't be coaching. You got off into the restaurant business and you realize where your passion really lies. And all of a sudden, now you get back into coaching. And you can make some money. You can have some time to enjoy your money. You know, like they say, <laughs> you know, you can smell the roses now. You know, yeah. so uh, I think it's great. And I think with people that uh, that have a passion for different things in life, uh, as far as an occupation or as far as money, I think that if you follow your passion, you're going to have success. Yeah. And, you know, um, I don't. When it comes to coaching, I don't even consider it work because, you know, we we when you coach, you have summers, you, you sort of have like a schedule, like a teacher, you know, you you coach throughout the school year. And then when summer comes around, you know, a lot of coaches, they spend that time on the road recruiting or some coaches have families and they take vacations and you can. And most coaches um, that I talk to, they wish the summer was shorter. They they can't wait to get back to to the new year and and have the new class of freshmen. And there's not a lot of jobs where somebody tells you, "Hey, you're gonna have three months vacation," and you say, "Like, ah, oh, I wish it was shorter." <laughs> True, you know, True. yeah. So and you know, um, and 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 when it comes to coaching, I, I love being around the the young um, athletes and and teaching them and um, and and then you realize the impact that you have on their lives. Um, the, the first time I realized what type of impact I had is um, I had this this kid when I was coaching in Missouri. And, I, and I'm a young coach. I'm like, at the time, 24, 25 years old. And I'm real tough on kids about being on time. You know, if we have practice at three o'clock, I expect you to be there at three. I don't, I don't, I don't want you showing up at three. Like I want you there, ready to start. So this kid, he would always come in five minutes late, even sometimes a minute late. I would get on him, and he just one, you know, after practice we had a little, so almost like a screaming match, and uh, you know, from that point on, you know, I, I always thought he just didn't like me, and and you know. You know, when you're a coach, you, you you want the kids to respect you. You know, if they like you, that's fine, but you 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 care more about them respecting you. So when he went off and graduated, I, I always looked at him like, uh, you know, I was tough on him and he probably didn't like me or whatever. And he went off to military school. So one day I get a call and it's him. And he's calling me to tell me that he just graduated from military academy and that he just walked across the stage. So for him to do that, so for him to have that big of a day in his life, and the first thing he thinks about is to call me, that like that was like a moment for me where I was like, wow, I really have an impact on on these kids' lives. Like, 
You know, they're always going to uh, remember, you know, some of the values that you taught them. Um, you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are like, are boys when they come to me or girls when they come to me. And then you get to see that growth in four years. They go from boys to men. And it's, it's, it's crazy how much a kid can change in four years when they step out of high school at the age of 18 and then they're graduating college at 21. They're like a whole different person. So I love, I love that about coaching, uh, teaching um, young men and women to, uh, to, to be responsible, teaching them about values, teaching them about setting goals and achieving them. And, um, you know, just, you know, I look at them like family also. Because, you know, you have social media now, so a lot of my athletes are on my social media, so I get to see them start families and have kids. And, you know, it's and, and at this point, I've been coaching 14 years, so I have hundreds of kids out there that, <laughs> that I get to see um, blossom and, and grow into uh, young adults, you know. So that's, that's one of the rewards of coaching. Well, I uh, uh, listen to that and, you know, I think about, uh, you know, I never did anything in a, a, a collegiate uh, line or anything like that. But uh, as far as like uh, playing sports when I was a kid growing up, or, you know, teenager, um, my early teens, I can remember some of the things that, you know, coaches would say. And uh, uh, those coaches may not have realized the impact they were having at that time. And uh, I had a chance to go back and tell one of my coaches, uh, which he passed, you know, uh, about a year or so ago. Uh, and uh, I had a chance to let him know how much I appreciated him because I had, uh, you know, played basketball for him in junior high school and played basketball for him one year in high school. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different uh, things that come your way when you're a teenager and you, you know, being challenged by different things. And, you know, you decide sometimes that, hey, look, uh, I'm going to step out of the realm of trying to be a good kid and do some things that are not right. And, uh, you know, like experimenting with drugs and things of that nature. And uh, anyway, one day my coach, he uh, saw that I had been uh, doing something. Uh, I was drinking some cough syrup. They called it lean uh, these days. But uh, the cough syrup that I was drinking had codeine in it. And uh, that's what kids at that time was uh, uh, doing uh, sometimes just to, to get high. And so I was experimenting with things like that, you know, trying to smoke a little, you know, pot and stuff like that. And so anyway, uh, the coach had been my coach in junior high school and in high school. And so he was telling me that, he didn't want me to do that. And he uh, he also told my brother, which was going to the same school, which was two years older than I was, to go home and tell my mom uh, the things that I was doing in school. And uh, of course, my brother went home and, and did that. And so anyway, uh, my life uh, went through a lot of different obstacles. And, you know, when I became uh, a grown man and was full circle, uh, I looked for that coach. Just like, you know, you said that kid, you know, found you, I looked for that coach and I shook his hand and, and told him how much I appreciated him and how I always remember what he did and, you know, how he was a, a good example, not only for me, but for some of the other kids that were there. And uh, I really had a great appreciation uh, for what he did, trying to give me some structure and foundation in life 
uh, even though I had mother and father at home, but when you're not at home, sometimes you do some things your parents never know about. And so anyway, I was glad that I had a chance to shake his hand and let him know how much I appreciated him being there for me. And uh, I would, you know, go and do little things like uh, maybe let's say I was traveling all over the United States and I'd be in different states. I'd send him a postcard. Uh, once I stopped doing all the traveling, uh, came back home, I would go by his place and visit with him. Uh, if I knew certain things like, you know, he liked sweet potato pie. He liked, uh, uh, you know, something they call tea cakes, which is like cookies. And uh, from time to time, you know, I would take him a, a sweet potato pie, you know, especially like the holidays, Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, just something to show my gratitude. So when you're a coach and you are doing different things for kids and telling them things, you impact their lives in a great way and give them direction that's going to keep them uh, uh, balanced, not only at school, but in life in general. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, just just me getting into coaching, that was um, one of the reasons is I was inspired by my coach, you know, um, and the fact that he saw leadership in me and, you know, made me team captain. And to this day, I, I still have a, um, a relationship with him. And, you know, it's a, when I, you know, coaching at Sacred Heart, we're actually in the same conference. So I'm actually coaching against him. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. His team, his team is pretty solid. So I've only had a few times where I had an athlete beat some of his top kids. And, um, uh, you know, those were like some of the highlights of my coaching because I know how good of a coach he is. He, he's coached Olympians and national champions and he's had all Americans and everything. So for me to, to every once in a while get one of my kids to be his kids uh, it's always like uh, a good thing and and one of the reasons is because Sacred Heart um, we're, we're known more for academics so we don't always get the best athletes but every once in a while you get you get an athlete that you can develop and um, and you know and he, he gets the best athletes you know he gets the kids from Jamaica and the kids from you know, some of the best kids from New York and the East Coast. So for, for me to get a kid and, and and work them out and get them better and they go out and beat one of his kids, um, it's always, it's always you know, fun. And, you know, coaches, we're competitive too. Even though we're not out there running, you know, we have our coaches meetings and we, uh, we look at each other's athletes and see where they are on the performance list. And, uh, yeah, that makes it, that makes it fun. So, um and like I said, he, he's had a huge impact on my life. And, you know, when I got into coaching, a lot of the times when I would make decisions, I, I always kind of thought, like, what would what would he do in this situation? Or how did he handle this? Or what did he do? You know, one of the big things was, uh, you know, right now, I've been, you know, I've been coaching so long that, um, you know, when you go out and, and you prepare for practice, um, I remember when I first coached, I would go out and, and put the hurdles out and set everything up. And and I, the athletes didn't touch anything. They would just come out to practice, warm up, stretch, and practice. And I would put everything up. And now I'm to the, I'm to the point where I have them do that. But one of, the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons I did that is because he always used to do that. You know, we, we ran track in New York, so we didn't have a track at the – at the college at that time because you know it's new york um so we would go to uh one of the local parks that had a track 
and he would have to bring the hurdles with us and the blocks and and you know we were on a time constraint because of that so while we were warming up he would come and bring the hurdles out and set up the blocks and, and put the cones out so when I got into coaching I thought that's how coaches did and, you know <laughs> until I got to like the bigger schools and some of the other coaches like coach why are you doing why don't you have the athletes do that or have team captains do that or I'm like, oh, I just thought it's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so, yeah, I always looked up to him and, and modeled myself after his coaching style. So, uh, yeah, it was a huge impact. Wow. Yeah, it's great, man. You know, and, uh, you know, with him, uh, you know, I know he's uh, extremely proud of you to see the direction that you've, uh, you know, gone to and everything and, you know, facing your challenges and being successful in it. And, uh, you know, what you have and the passion that you have, it's, it's like, almost like, look at my son, you know, because <laughs> it's like he groomed you and he was a good example. And I know you said like, uh, you might be competing. Uh, and even though you're coaching, well, you never lose that uh, competitive spirit, you know, even as a coach, you know, and so yeah. I think that's great, man, because, you know, at the same time, you over there, you know, like being competitive. He's over on that other side being competitive, too. Like, you know, let, <laughs> let me show him something today. Let me show him something. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and the way he coaches and, you know, I've learned how to how how to structure my um you know, the way we compete throughout the year. So I'll, I'll look at the performance list and, you know, I'll see one of his 400 runners who. You know, I know it's one of his top guys, but he does, he hasn't run the 400 yet. And I'm thinking, like, okay, we're mid-season, and the guy hasn't run yet. Like, what's going on with him? Meanwhile, I'm running my 400 guy every other meet, you know. And then out of nowhere, the the meet before conference, he'll his guy will just put up one of the top times in the conference. And you'll have, <laughs> like, a whole group of guys that do that. And so that was one of the things I've always learned. Like, you know, I can't, I can't run my athletes in their top event every single track meet. You know, but um, but as far as uh, let me tell you a little bit about um, Talladega. So so Talladega College is, um, you know, a historical black college and um, Alabama. Um, it was founded in um, 1867. So what was that, like two years after the Civil War by three uh, former slaves. So they, they wow. started. Yeah, they started a college. The oldest um, oldest HBCU in Alabama. Um, wow. Yeah, so, um, you know, the school is um, in Talladega. That's the same place as they have, that they have the um, the NASCAR. You know, some of you might have heard of, like, Talladega Raceway, or they have movies, Talladega Night. So that uh, race brings a lot of money to the economy every year. Um, and then the school president, Hawkins, he's um, he's been the president of the university or the college about, I want to say, 12 years so he's he's done a lot for the university um he's had a, a buildings restructured and renovated and some buildings like um completed on campus um currently building a football field uh, they haven't got the football team approved yet but they're on the way because for them to go ahead and start construction on the football field you know they're pretty confident that that's going to happen so uh, with me coming aboard, um, 
you know, they've, they've had a track team in the past. Um, they brought it back in 2018. And since then, um, the team has really just been like just students, you know, that'll come and try out for the track team. They haven't really um, recruited too, too much. So with me coming in, the plan is to um, actually recruit a class of athletes that can compete for a conference title and a national title. So, so far, I've been able to um, sign some of the top athletes in the country. Um, I have a couple um, state champions, um, a, a Bahamian national record holder, uh, one of the top high school sprinters coming out of Jamaica uh, on the women's side also. So, it's going to be a lot of big things happening this year for Talladega Track and Field. So, um, if people want to tune in, uh, you can go online. Uh, Talladega track and field. You can just Google that. It'll take you straight to the uh, track and field website. Uh, we're going to have um, indoor meets from the end of November until mid-March. And then we're going to start the outdoor season from March till end of May. Um, we compete in NAI level. So it's not NCAA. Uh, we have our own national championship. Uh, we still compete against NCAA schools. It's just that we, we're separate from the NCAA. Um, you know, our national championship for indoor is going to be in South Dakota. And then our outdoor championship is actually going to be in Birmingham, in um, Alabama, not Birmingham, but South um, Gulf Shores, um, Alabama. So, um, yeah, just just tune in, go online. Uh, we're we're going to try to go to Texas Relays, uh, hopefully Penn Relays. We're going to be in meets in Florida, um, Alabama, Georgia. So, most of the uh, southeast and you know we may go out to to mouse sack relays in california so um I'm expecting a lot of big things from the team this year especially with the recruiting class that's coming in that's fantastic and uh you know thanks for the history you know on uh, talladega and um you know i'm impressed uh but uh i was wondering because I know you probably had other colleges that you could probably could have gone to uh, as far as like to do some more coaching. But um, why did you two choose Talladega and HBCU? Oh, uh, yeah. At the, at the time when I, um, you know, I decided um, that last year, actually, that I wanted to, um, you know, probably pursue a head coaching career. But then COVID happened. So I ended up staying another year. So. Throughout this year, I, you know, I let my supervisor know um, that, well, my, you know, the head coach know that I'm going to be applying for some head coaching jobs. And, I'm, you know, um, we talked about that and he was wanted to help me as much as possible. So when I applied for jobs, there were like a group of jobs I applied for. So when I heard back from Talladega, we did the interview and everything. I was pretty confident that I was going to take the job. But then I started hearing back from other jobs that I applied for. And at the time, um, I wanted to, I actually committed to Talladega, um, but then I had this offer from another school, and it was actually a bigger school. And I kind of contemplated on taking that job or at least interviewing for it. And, um, I, you know, I, I had a conversation with you, Unc, and, and, you know, you told me about um, asking me about where my heart was and 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 just the, the weighing my options and different situations. So I ended up like declining the interview at the other university. And um, one of the reasons is because 
I just like um, the environment at Talladega. You know, I like the fact that it's the HBCU. Um, I felt like they 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 want me to succeed. Um, you know, money's never money's never an issue um, when it comes to me coaching. But I can't say they they comp- compensate me well <laughs> at Talladega. Um, and I like the fact that I was starting the program from the ground up. Um, you know, it's one thing to go to a team where they already have history or they already have a team and, it, and it's not a team that you recruited. So a lot of times when a, when a coach leaves, you, you got to win over that team or you might have athletes on a team that doesn't fit what you want. So the fact that I that I get to come to Talladega and have a clean slate and I get to start the culture rather than change the culture, that that really stood out for me. And so um um, I'm I'm excited to to take on the challenge. Um, no regrets about it, and you know, and it's also a place that I can see myself for a long time. You know, I don't want to hop around as a head coach. You know, when you you know as an assistant, that's common because every time you make a move, it's a bigger move, bigger challenges. But as a head coach, um, if you can get lucky to get a head coaching job somewhere where you where you feel comfortable and, and you feel that you could be a long time, I feel like that's a blessing. So at this moment, I feel like Talladega is one of those places where I can see myself um, creating a culture and creating a, a legacy and, and being there for a long time. So um, at that at the other options that I had, I didn't I didn't really see that. So um, I plan to stick around at Talladega. That sounds great, and uh, I'm glad you made that choice. Uh, and uh, you know, you are uh, going to make a, a good impact uh, with these young people. You know, being uh, HBCU, and you know what you can give back. You know, and pass some things on. You know, and you know they're like uh, can uh, catch on and, and and match your passion for what you're trying to achieve and everything. And uh, yeah, I uh, I really like the fact that you selected uh, Talladega, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a big shot in the arm for you, a uh, big shot in the arm uh, for Talladega uh, and uh, the sports. Anyway, uh, it's about time to uh, wrap this one up. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listening audience before we close this one out? Um, yeah, like I mentioned before, just make sure you go online. Uh, you can Google Talladega College Track and Field, and... Um... You know, go ahead and keep up. Um, you know, we're going to be um, maybe having fundraisers where you can buy some Talladega apparel. So just um, stay stay in the loop. Also, you can um, add us on um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to, to follow everything that's going on. Well, folks, now you heard it. Uh, a young man that uh, faced a lot of challenges and, and some tough choices and decisions and overcame a lot of obstacles. Uh, a lot of hurdles, long jumps, you know, broad jumps, you know, to get to where he is today. And uh, hopefully uh, someone can uh, benefit from, you know, his journey. And uh, hopefully you can uh, use some of the things that he used or share with somebody so they could be a better version of themselves. And on that note, we're going to close this one out. Uh, Thanks. And then again, uh, I wish you much success. I think you're going to do very well, and I think you'll probably be there for a long time.